two more women, please? Sorry. You... <laughs> the cry of every man. I really love to be two more women. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this night just got interesting, folks. To another episode of the Badge Dialogues. I am your host, <laughs> Claire Sampson. Um, we're back again after just a week. I know you guys are impressed after my ridiculous hiatus, um, but I'm joined by one of our previous guests, the lovely Anton Karkowski. Hello. And today we've managed to rope her fabulous husband, Tim, in to joining us. I'm on the Badge Dialogues. <laughs> you are. <laughs> Welcome, friend. <laughs> this is this is what I've been you're drinking, for my whole life. You're drinking two women too, <laughs> and you're drinking two women. <laughs> Taking it all in, oh. Taking it all in. Phrasing, anyways. Um, so, have you ever listened to the show before? I yeah, uh, I don't have time to do anything with life anymore. Well, and Bullshit. why is that? Because I work night shift for the last seven months, and it's taken <clears throat> taken up my entire life. So you're you're no longer a day walker. Yeah, no. You, you were one no, of the night. Yep, I am the night, <laughs> or something like that. So um, we have some questions we usually ask first time guests, and since you haven't listened before, they're going to be a surprise to you. Yay! Yay! Um, do you rem- dialogues. <laughs> do you remember when we met? Probably pledging. Or theater. 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 Yeah. Um, You'd been going to school a year before. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Before you started pledging. Did you come to Lewis Theater because Frank Bavone had introduced you or for another reason? It was. I I was Bavoned into the theater. That's right. Uh, If those of you that don't know, Frank Bavone was a guy that had um, gone to theater at Lewis and you knew him from high school. Yeah. Yeah. Same high school as Nick Pearl. Hmm. Excellent. Yeah, and uh, the Pod Father. <laughs> God, he's got all types of names. He does. Um, <laughs> and uh, he brought me over to see um, Prelude to a Kiss. Oh, I'm sorry. And I was in the booth, or outside of the booth at the time at the BLT, and I remember you were there. I was in that show. Ashley. Parker yeah. was there, Frank was there, Nicole was there, obviously, with Frank. Ernie, and, Ernie. and I was Ernie. there. Yeah. Ann was there. Rick oh, Sean. Uh, yes. Sean, Big Sean, who is, I think, uh, engaged or married, really? I'm not sure. I always thought Matt looked like Sean. I'm just going to throw that out there. Okay. Well, as long as we're not throwing out last names, I guess nope. we're good. Nope, nope. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, God, who else was another famous person? <laughs> Kelly. Kelly. And uh, Heather, yes, at the time, yes, famous people, famous people, (laughs) famous people. I don't even think Jared was around. No, Jared was not around. Jared did not come around till spring. So, I don't remember if I met you then. It's possible I did, and I don't remember. Who knows? I remember you either at the end of the year or at the beginning of the next year. Hmm. But I remember talking to you. I because I think you came. What was the the show after that? After that was, um. Hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. That's bad. I know that last show of the year was the tavern. Because we're talking under 10 years. Here. Yes. No, we're talking over 10 years. No, we're not. Yes, oh, yeah, we are. We are. Oh, shit. Um, the first show was, because it was 
Oh, when I started oh there was gosh. it was Harold's show. No, you know what? When the, I started there was Harold's show. It was show. Harold's show. The cherry orchard. It was that your was first. The, that was the first one. The very, very first one before that, though. Um, you worked on a piece of my heart with us. Piece of my heart. I was doing sound. You right? did sound. You know what? You Prelude to a Kiss was the first show in the spring. The second was was the Tavern. Okay. You'd come for something because we were talking about you were doing one of the programs at Lewis, and I and I knew about it because I worked at admissions. I remember having that conversation mm-hmm. with you somewhere. Yep. I don't know if you came for a tour, maybe, or something. No, I was going through an orientation to get into school. Oh, you know what? That's what it was. Maybe I met you at orientation because I was a peer minister your freshman That's year. That's probably it. That would be, that would make sense. <laughs> now that now that Tim and I have spent you know four minutes discussing, <laughs> <laughs> there's been a lot of beers in between then and now. Yes. So you gotta cut us some slack. So many. Oh, so many. So uh, many bathtubs full of beer. Yes. So. What fact about you surprises people the most? What skeletons do you have in your closet when people find out they go, really? Uh, like for I, I was in a gang when I was 13. <laughs> so true. True story. <laughs> I was in a gang. I was in a Latino, all Latino gang. Skinniest Polish kid. <laughs> on the block. <laughs> and for the record, you're not Latino, Latino in any way, correct? Nope. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh god. Uh, so so I'm, I married a gangbanger. You married a gangbanger. And my family's from Africa, so I'm part that. Your family's from Africa? In a very messed up, no. A roundabout way. African and Latino. That's a stretch. Sitting across the table right here. That's a stretch. Oh. And everything but white. <laughs> it's funny. You look goddamn pasty to me. <laughs> oh. oh, my lord. Is my black dog hits my legs? Oh, my goodness. Thank you. We also are joined Did by Hank. Did he further was at you? They're Hank. Okay. They're lovely dog. Or at least that's our story and we're sticking to it. Oh my goodness. So uh, the next question is, do you have any crazy Claire stories? You probably have a lot. I don't know if you have appropriate ones. Uh, no, most of my good stuff is from the BLT times. Uh, I just, I remember, I mean, like the earliest memories was doing Peace of My Heart, which was the first show when I was yeah. there doing sound, ACTF. That probably was it, actually, to be honest with oh, ACTF yeah. was probably the craziest time. <laughs> was, did you go to ACTF another time outside of that? Yeah, I went like four other times after that. Were they all that much of a hot mess? No, that was pretty hot. <laughs> uh, it was pretty steamy. And uh, it was in uh, Evansville. Yes. Indiana. Yep. The very southern point mm-hmm. of Indiana for use that don't know or they don't want to Google it or map it. Nobody goes there for any particular reason. Nope. <laughs> and uh, we, uh, God, what was it? It was just uh, Southern Indiana, or I can't even Evansville University. I don't, I don't even know. No, we were at a hotel. No, what was the school down there? It wasn't uh, Carbondale. No, I had no idea what the school was. <laughs> it's like it's got to be like University of Indiana Evansville or something. Yeah, it's got to be something like that. We could Google it right now. And See, I know it a out. crazy story from that trip. I know a lot of crazy stories from that. Trip. But I, I had a uh, I had a video camera at oh, the time, God. and uh, I was going through this phase when I went through college. I decided to buy a camcorder on my Best Buy credit card. Uh, <laughs> best idea ever. And yeah, best idea ever. 
And, you know, at the time, you know, this camcorder, which probably holds, holds less than, you know, eight megabytes, uh, was recording my entire experiences from, like, my freshman to sophomore year of college. And I have all these tapes that I have yet to watch again. So oh, I'm God. on, the, I, right now, today, I'm on the verge, ten years later, to watch all the footage from my college experience from freshman to sophomore year. But I don't have access to it because nobody makes a mini DV recorder that transfers to computer files. There's nothing. So do you have evidence of this ACTF? I very well there? could. I could have <laughs> I could have so much different things that I don't even know I recorded because I was going through the first years of college with my camcorder. And I remember at the time people were aggravated about me recording all the time with my camcorder. So I know I got some good footage because I was recording everything. Yes. Um, Backstage and shows. Did you guys hear room on that? Yes. It was the weirdest sleeping arrangement ever. So, okay, there were three rooms that we had. They were all connected. Uh How they let us all get them connected, I have no idea. Oh, my God. So there were four girls... And there were six guys, I think, right? Something like that, yeah. Or seven guys. The funniest thing was, was somehow all of the other dudes decided to sleep in the same room except for Jared and Tim. I have no idea. I don't know how that even happened. So since Jared and Tim were sleeping in a room, I went, fuck this noise, and I'm going to go sleep in their room. Because Jared and I had just started, we weren't even technically dating at that time. We dated for a month and then it broken up and kind of started seeing each other, I guess. So we weren't technically like hardcore, we're exclusively dating kind of thing. It's a very interesting uh, experience being there. It was <laughs> it was a mess. Somehow someone spilled, um, there were some dudes that had that were smoking some sort of like funny marijuana, not actually a weed. Hookah? They had a hookah. Was that the hookah? Full of whatever the shit. Like, was Jimmy Liss there yet? No, funny, no. I'm thinking of a different Funny marijuana. Time. Yeah, it, no, like funny tobacco. It was yeah, like, uh, you know what Miley Cyrus No, it's like smoked. K2 or something. Yeah, and they had it like flavored. Well, then he like, somehow it got dumped on the carpet and burned a hole in the carpet. Okay. And um, someone who shall not be named because we'd like him to keep his job used a knife to cut up part of the carpet from <laughs> under the bed to replace the spot oh, yeah. in the carpet. That we totally burned. MacGyver. The same person also um, whipped Jared with a belt to get him <laughs> awake because he was so drunk <laughs> the last morning. I think uh, he said, your name is Tobit. Uh, <laughs> no, he was a Pootie Tang in his ass. Oh, that's right. Pootie Tang. Has Pootie Tang had been on? <laughs> it was pretty funny. <laughs> Maybe it was one of those you had to be there moments, but it was just like the biggest mess of a party ever. We like got cases of Miller Highlight Light. I remember they even had like a dance club or something like that in the hotel. But you had to be 21 to get in. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. You guys weren't 21? No. I was was 20. I'm 19 maybe. And then we all had to go out to dinner at the place that Sean had met that random girl like years prior to. Yeah. That he wound up hanging out with this time, I guess. That's like my first trip to Hooters. Yeah, pretty much. Because Sarah wanted crab legs, and then she got sick. Oh, yeah. Where's she at? I don't know. I haven't heard from her in a long time. Nobody knows. As we throw out all the names of all the people. She's probably, like, like, who? She's probably like a governor of some state. Probably. Probably we know. <laughs> it's the way it goes. Um, so then our last question is, what do you eat on your Chipotle burrito? Oh, God. Um... It's sad because I don't live near one. 
Oh, and I only sad. stay south of the river. You are totally going to make our, our our whole recording is going to be full of banging. That's Tim. No. Yes. He's no. Going to no, pick no. it up. It's just my fingers. All right. Anyways. Um, <laughs> finger banging. Um, no, I, I everything I do is south of the river. So pretty much, I go here and I go south of the river, and there's nothing south of the river besides my job. Have you eaten at a Chipotle before? Yes, it's been since March or April. Wow! What did you get? Yeah. What did you get? Uh, I definitely had a I definitely had a steak burrito. <laughs> definitely had a steak burrito. All and right. I remember putting uh, Chipotle Tabasco sauce on it. Oh yes, he likes Tabasco. So sauce. probably probably the works, probably the guacamole, the cheese, and All the things, everything else. Uh, I do black beans. Gotcha. And then I think I do lettuce. <laughs> this is like the most boring. Oh my gosh! You really wanted to know, and I do like so, your your indecisiveness. I was at work one day after Thanksgiving last year, and I went to Chipotle because there's a Chipotle like a mile from work, and I'm in line to get Chipotle, and there's this lady in front of me. And she's ordering her one bowl. And you would think this is the most complicated process in the entire world. Okay, there's like 15 things on the entire Chipotle menu. That's mm-hmm. it. There is nothing else on there. There, Yes, there's all kinds of secret met- menus, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So, like, she's, like, ordering her stuff. And, like, she can't, like, you know, she gets her rice, beans, blah, blah, blah. We get to the end. They've asked her about everything. The only thing left to put on her burrito is cheese and lettuce. That's it. There is nothing else. We've already gone through the salsas. We've already gone through the meat. We are at cheese and lettuce. And she's sitting there, and they're like, um, did you want cheese or lettuce? And she's, like, thinking, going back and forth, like, mm-hmm. hmm, what else? And I'm like, cheese and lettuce. Those are your only fucking options. <laughs> We've done everything. <laughs> We've done everything. We were at the point. But it's just, you know, when people don't know how to order oh, at yeah. restaurants. Ever been to Subway and had someone, like, not know what they're doing? I watched somebody try to negotiate with the person behind the counter to get a footlong, but half tuna, half turkey, because she wanted to split it with her granddaughter, and her granddaughter was 12 Uh and did not want tuna. I'm like, because she's 12 and tuna's gross. (laughs) She's just like, well, I don't understand why you can't get a footlong. I'm like, because you're at fucking Subway. You could put a whole episode together (laughs) about Kate and her stories with Subway. Oh, yeah. And this needs to happen because she had some great stories when when we were in college. We'll have to bring her back on for a second episode. Her, her AOL sign-in in college was fed up with Subway. <laughs> I understand. As an ex-Subway worker myself, I just totally understand. Oh, goodness. Well, since Tim has never listened to the Vag Dialogues before, and you have, correct? Absolutely. And did you listen to last week's episode? Yeah, I did. Yes. Um, we had our lovely and wonderful guest. I say lovely a lot. Um, Matt. And and Mary, sorry, <laughs> don't know who I'm talking about. Yes, I do. Matt and Mary came on, and Matt um, is a oh my god, I just late, folks. I'm sorry. Matt is a um, closet chef. No, <laughs> <laughs> are you psychic? Yes, but that's not he's, the word he he's uses. Not really psychic. Yeah. Yes. I can't remember the word. Um, divination? Yeah, divination. He practices divination. Thank you. That was what I was going for. Okay. He practices divination and he reads runes. And I thought this was kind of a fun tie-in because even though we'll get to how you guys met, do you remember my bachelorette party? Yes. And what was at my bachelorette party? A psychic. And what did that psychic tell you? 
Um, she told me, and this was long before I I was dating some guy. Yes. And his, name, his name was Andy. Mm-hmm. Well, she told me that, you know, well, first of all, she, you know, just your generic stuff. You know, you're going to be happy and happier as life goes on. And then she goes, you're going to marry somebody whose name begins with a T. And, of course, at the time, when I'm dating this guy named Andy, and I had been dating him for, like, seven years or right. something at this point, and I'm like, mm, yeah, you're wrong. I don't believe you. So <laughs> I shrugged her off. Lo and behold, here we Tom are. Selleck. Almost 11 <laughs> years later. Probably yeah. probably close to 11 and, years. And, Claire, it was you that said, wasn't it nice I could say you're going to mm-hmm. marry somebody whose name began with a T? And well, because like, wow, I picked yeah. on you so much. I was like, oh, my God, you're going to marry Tony Weston. <laughs> and I don't care about throwing out names because he's never going to listen to this because he's not on the interweb. Although I did find a video of him talking about being a gynecologist, yeah. which is hilarious for those of you that we went to high school with. Look it up. Mm-hmm. It's worth the giggle. <laughs> the guy that didn't know how what douche was. Yeah. Did we think we discussed this? I think on we talked about this it, episode. Yeah. I think we you have to can't go, get over it. I think you have to go back and listen to Anne's oh. thing. Um, but it's pretty awesome. So, that, so yeah, that was kind of creepy. Kind of yeah. not necessarily made me a believer, but the stuff really intrigues me. So I right. think that's part of the reason why I really liked that episode. And with uh, Matt. Yep. That, and I, I, you will catch me. I and Tim will vouch for this. I love ghost stories. Yeah, absolutely love them. Love them. I don't ever want to see that shit, but uh, as long as I can watch it on TV, <laughs> I'm, I'm that. I just, it's cool. I like it. I like being scared a little bit. I've stopped watching so much of it mm-hmm. though because now that Tim works nights, yeah, and I have a ten month old yeah. who wakes up in the middle of the night, does not work well. So <laughs> I stopped scaring myself before I go to bed, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so yeah, but I do I do enjoy. Sometimes that. I open the garage every now and then when she doesn't expect it. Yeah, Tim has all these little Wi-Fi gadgets and and he turns on lights mm-hmm. <laughs> from his cell phone, and so I freak out like the light just turned on. Here's the real question: Do you do it to fuck with her, or do you do it on accident? He does a lot no, of fuck no. with me. Like she, yeah, right. She'll tell me Bullshit. she goes she goes Hank's going crazy outside, or Hank's going crazy. There must be something outside, and so like I let five minutes pass, and I turn on the light. Or you'll open the garage door for no reason. <laughs> well, I'll close the garage door for what? I'll, I'll make a noise with the Wi-Fi device. He one time threw our baby monitor. <laughs> oh yeah, this is great. <laughs> so I'm a pretty heavy Stop. sleeper. It's hard, and I I don't get much sleep, and so it's hard for me to wake up in the morning. And I have like three alarms that I set, and I still sleep through them. And it, it's bad news. So, anyways. One morning, Tim thought it would be funny that <laughs> we had our baby monitor on. I have a you know a nice my monitor's right next to my ear, and uh, he decided to go into my daughter's room and start crying or something. No, I, I, I put on, I went to YouTube and I found a crying baby on YouTube, and I put the sound of a crying baby next to the receiver, and it was an awful. Crying of a baby, yeah, like a terrible, awful. like a pitiful. It was cry. more of like a cheap, like a, they're hurt kind and, of cry. And I, uh, I, I was holding my daughter at the time. I was holding her in my hand, but the camera was facing towards a crib, so obviously she was thinking, "Well, maybe she fell out of the so crib." So it something. was on the crib, but an empty crib. Now, if you understand, Anne, she don't wake up to no alarm once. <laughs> you know, she she needs to put it on snooze at least. 15 times before all she three, wakes up. All three of my alarms it's, are so It's so bad. So, uh, oh, so maybe you and Jared are sleeping together at the compound. <laughs> so, right. So, 
So I thought maybe this would be good to get her up right away if she noticed that the baby was missing. And sure enough, it worked. I got my ass up quick. Did you freak out? Were you confused at first because it wasn't your baby? Well, I thought it was a kind of a dream at first, yeah. and then I looked on the, you know, so I'm at my habits now to look on our video monitor, right. and the crib was empty, and I thought, oh God, she fell out of the crib, or something She's really crazy corner, happened. Yeah. Oh, I freaked, and I jumped and ran into her room, and there's Tim laughing. <laughs> I'm like, gotcha. Oh my gosh. Oh. I'd murder you. Yeah. Oh, that's awful. Oh my yeah. goodness. But I woke up. There you go. Marriage, I, marriage is about compromise. It is. I'm not a, I used to, I'm not a snoozer. Are you a, are you a snoozer then, Tim? No, I wake up first, uh, first noise. Yeah, I usually do too, although from being married to Jared for a decade and together, you know, past that, I have become accustomed to snoozing a little bit, but I'm only okay snoozing if I have dictated that we're snoozing. Does that make sense? Like, if someone else hits the snooze alarm, I want to punch him in the face. Um, but, yeah, no. I'm not a snoozer. <laughs> well, you don't really sleep well as it is. I don't. I'm a terrible sleeper. Always so I, I've always been a pretty good sleeper. So I, I, think s- I sleep on anything. You, you, you are even better sleeper, top, but you wake up the, easier than I do. Top of the staircase. <laughs> <laughs> What's the weirdest place you've woken up? The trunk of the my tr- car. <laughs> Do you remember getting in the trunk of your own car? I did that on purpose to hide from the skeeters. <laughs> Camping? Yeah. Yeah. So you're conscious enough to know that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Were yeah. you sober when you crawled in the back of the trunk? I didn't set up my tent. And so Because he wasn't sober. <laughs> well, I got there late and it was dark already and I feel like and going you through the motions. Sober. So I'm like, I'll just sleep in my trunk. I did it before to escape getting He's, a DUI. You actually seat. slept in your car a lot. Yeah. I don't mind it. A lot. My other car. I wouldn't do it now in my new car. <laughs> that was the reason you wouldn't do it in your new car as opposed to your it's old car? It's just too tiny. It's tiny. Yeah. I think it's yeah. funny that you wouldn't do it now, and it's not because you've gotten older and you're more mature, but it's because the car is too small. <laughs> it's the first, convenient at this the first, point. <laughs> the first thing I did before I bought the car at the dealership was I went into the trunk to see if I could sleep <laughs> oh, in it. Jesus. Are you, are you concerned that you're going to have to sleep in the trunk of your car at some point? No, but it's a good way to escape a DUI. See, that's the thing he thinks about when buying a car. How much space is can the you, trunk? Can you Not fit to at haul least, stuff, Can but you fit at least sleeping. one body? That's really the concern. Oh, Did you know me when I had the boat? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of fitting dead bodies in a car, <laughs> I had a very large boat car. I you just know, said body. I didn't say dead body. It's okay. <laughs> Just one. Okay. You could fit a lot of bodies in my LTD. I think yeah. it could have fit a lot of bodies, for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all the bodies and all you the You could have a slumber party. Like, at least, least two Martys. At least <laughs> two Martys. Um, A.K.A. their really, really, really fat cat. May he rest in peace. R.I.P. He will be Marty. missed. <laughs> Marty, Marty Karkowski. <laughs> Yeah, the second. The second. If we have a boy, that'll be his name, right? Marty. No, Marty <laughs> get the third. Fat. <laughs> Marty the third. Just complain every morning. Oh my goodness. <sighs> so I have um, a question that has segued from um, one of our um, other podcasts out there. Um, that just happened. What's that? What's um that just happened? Are you looking at my phone or, you, or my? I'm trying to read what your. Uh, this is all my random notes. Good geez. luck figuring it out. <laughs> Is it German? <laughs> it is. Ah. Um, so Adam had posted to the internet, Jurassic Park or... No, old Jurassic Park or New Jurassic Park? Old Jurassic Park, the original. Mm-hmm. Or one of your favorite movies, 
Back to Don't the Future. Oh, that's you, you can't even do that. You know the answer. You can't that. even do that. Why can't you do that? So, so we, so like when uh, <sighs> J- uh, Jared and Steve were recording Something Gate, they had said because they made the con- we were talking or getting ready to gear up, and they were talking about like they thought two more you, women, please. Sorry. You, <laughs> the cry of every man. I really love. Oh, <laughs> this night just got interesting, folks. That's four women. <laughs> they were trying. They were saying that they think it's a generational thing. Where like our generation is more into Jurassic Park, where people a few years older than us would probably be more into Back to the Future. But you, I think, are the anomaly, as you are a big Back to the Future fan. Would you pick that over um, I, Jurassic Park? Oh, or yeah. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. I um, I like Jurassic Park. I like. I like what it did. It uh, it brought CG into our lives uh, way nicer than Back to the Future ever can- could. But CG uh, computer graphics, yeah, oh. just computer graphics. Um, I think that Back to the Future was needed at the time, even though they did not like get successful at the time it came up. It, it kind of. Uh, it took years before they actually started making money off the film, um, but Jurassic Park was an instant, instant success. Whereas Back to the Future took, you know, like I said, took time to, to make money. And I think people it had to wait for you kids to get people, older. People become better with cult films, as I think Back to the Future is, because they see that. It's not something that just pop culture tells you you have to watch or, you know, they put millions of dollars into and say, okay, well, you know, kind of like uh, Indiana Jones, the latest Indiana Jones that happened mm-hmm. or at the crystal, with a crystal skull, oh. right? You know, yeah. they knew it was going to make money because people are just suckered into a franchise. Right. Where, whereas Back to the Future was just kind of a risk into a film. They didn't even have the original Michael J. Fox listed as being the lead character. It wasn't even supposed to be Michael J. Fox. Um, they had recorded half of the movie originally with uh, another guy. I, I can't even think of his name right now. This is terrible. Um, but they decided, well, we're not going to do it anymore because he's not giving a certain, you know, like lightness to the movie. And then all of a sudden, after you know, three years after the movie was made, it became a big hit. And then they started with two and three, and they did them back to back, two and three. Oh, for sure. Well, I think there's a lot of cult classics out there that became much bigger than their initial, like, launch in the movies. Um, one of the big ones that comes to mind is a recent one, which, Anne, you told me you've never seen today. Which one? Pitch Perfect. Really? Yeah. Have you seen Pitch Perfect? I did. Okay. What did you think of it? I think it's a great. I think it's it's something that needs to... I, th- I think it's something that needed to be brought to attention to mm-hmm. high schools and stuff like that. I, I think there's a lot of uh, what happens in schools and the arts that only we understand because we were there. Right. You know, and, and a lot of people don't understand. I mean, when you, when you went to college, uh, at Lewis even, and you saw what the theater environment was like and kind of like really wanted to be a part of that, you know, even though she wasn't even... 
anything close to that in her what? school. What? What do I want to be a part of? The what? theater. I don't oh, want to be a part of the theater. No, just like no. you, you see, you see the bond we have, the closeness <laughs> no, we have. No, I mean, know? no, that's it's great. It is great mm-hmm. the bond that you guys form. You know, just that you, just within one show, absolutely. And the talent that comes out of it too. It's just. And I support the arts certainly, but I just you but know, like I'm nobody not, really. Understands. I'm not going to be on stage anytime soon. I, I don't think anybody really understands the sacrifice of what it takes to put into a show, uh, let alone a show choir or anything like that. But into a show where you where you're you're spending two months at a time uh, taking somebody's story and putting it onto stage with mm-hmm. with people. And uh, actually, I use this that that analogy when I'm doing interviews because they ask me what I did in college. You know, what, what did you do while you're in school? And you know, I'm in the transportation industry. I can't just obviously say I did theater. That's it. You know, I have to explain myself. You know, the difficulties of. Of, of what I went through to to go through a show process, and I've been in over fifty shows now since I've been um, in high school. It's like doing project management. Each and people time, people don't, yeah. don't, don't understand, but it's it's not just that. It's a lot of self motivation too. Like you have to be able to put in the time to memorize your lines and to try and get into character. And you know, there's a lot of things to remember. Your cues, you have to follow direction. You have to be in the right space at the right time. You have to give and take with the people you're mm-hmm. with because if the person next to you forgets their lines, you're boned. Um, there's a lot of good that comes out of it. And one of the things I like about it too is I like the push that you get from things like Pitch Perfect, Glee even. It's the push back towards not just the arts but the technical side of it. Mm -hmm. Because I think, you know, to become a pop star, you don't have to be good. Like, go listen to some of the main pop stars. And I use this as an example. I don't remember if I've talked about it before. But um, one of the Jonas Brothers played a part in Les Mis. And I watched it on... um, TV, there was a broadcast of it. And when you hear, it was Joe Jonas, I'm pretty sure, when you hear him next to the Broadway singers, he sounds like shit. Like his voice is fine, but in comparison to these people that know how to support their voice correctly, that have know how to warm up their 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 vocal cords and how to project and how to. They know the science behind being a. Oh, yeah. yeah. Man, you go, wow, we pay to go see that? Yeehaw! Like, right. in comparison, the vocal chat. And to be able to learn that and to translate it, I think it's so good for the youth of America to have more options out there mm-hmm. than besides being a sports star or a pop star. Oh, like, yeah. let's let's teach people to be musicians again. And I think, too... I at least appreciate it. My gosh. Right. Like, think back to when we were in high school, and I challenge either of you, to really think of an artist that you go, they made their own music, they made their own music, they made their own music. And you can't bring up the Foo Fighters. Mm-hmm. Well, they... They, yeah, they don't count. No. Well, only because we know Dave Grohl did, did, writes a lot of right. his own shit. So, like, but when you start talking about, like, artists and things, not a lot of them really did their own singing songwriting. And I think now you see a lot more push to that where people, mm. or the artists, like, that's a big part of being an artist now, at least some of them. You know, as much as people give shit to Taylor Swift... She's a co-writer or main writer on, like, every piece of music she puts out there. Sure. Same thing with Katy Perry and a bunch of others. Like, so, you know, make fun of them all you want. But they have definitely put some things mm-hmm. out there. Same thing with, like, the f- people that directed Frozen yeah. and, and wrote the music for that. Mm-hmm. Or not directed, but um, promote, did the music and the lyrics. You know, these are the guys that were on Broadway. Mm-hmm. You know, he, was not, he, he worked on Book of Mormon. He did, you know, Avenue Q. It's not just some guy that just showed up and did whatever. So I like the technical rebirth of music. Oh, yeah. That's one of the things I'm very grateful for. Um, But back to the uh, whole cult classics. Are there any other cult classics you guys can think of that um, 
are some of your favorites that you know never made it big? Um, one <laughs> one of my all-time favorite movies is Death to Smoochie. Mm. Have you ever seen that? Mm-hmm. Yes, I have. I, I, I love that movie. It's the, the dark, those dark comedies. comedies that I know a lot of people love. Yes. Uh, but don't necessarily, you know, it's not one of those blockbusters or, you know, something people, you know, necessarily talk about all the time. But Absolutely. I like those kind of movies and like Donnie Darko. Yeah. I'm one of those, you know, Speaking the of weirder Kate, it is, the better, the more, more likely I will I think I Death like to Smoochie is one of Kate's favorites too, actually. Is it? I'm yeah. almost positive. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good one. I haven't seen it in forever. Yeah. It feels so good. You guys have both seen <laughs> The Princess Bride, right? Oh, absolutely. Okay. That was one that didn't really make it big at the fir- at, at the time, but then became like a really... Oh, yeah. That's a... Yeah. Really oh, big yeah. following. Yeah. That's a movie. Every time I, it's on TV, I'm, I'm going to sit down and watch it. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> Speak, speaking of that, the time, anyways, I liked... Uh, Tom and I were singing on the canoe trip, but... Uh, the, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Oh. Because Jared and I were seeing it too at the house. At the house, yep. You can't go yeah. wrong with that one. Robin Hood Men in Tights. Because I think um, we've recently, I think when we were recording Something Gate, we were talking about Mel Brooks movies. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or is that when you guys were at our house? I get this I all have no confused. idea. I, th- I think we just started singing because we were having dinner or something. We yeah. were like ranking our, our, our Mel Brooks movies on, on those things. And <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I love Mel Brooks. <laughs> I love Mel Brooks. Oh, yeah. Blazing Saddles, which is one of my favorites, and I'm like, I was laughing. We brought I brought it up this week. We had some friends in high school that were of a certain faith denomination, which I'm going to not put on the internet, and they are a devout esque Christian sect of Christianity, I guess you could say, and they're very pious people, and they're very like, oh, you can't do all these things. I thought it was hilarious that that was their dad's favorite movie. Was Blazing Saddles. And I remember him saying that, but only the TV edited version. Of course. No (laughs) swearing. No swearing. But I'm like, you realize how terrible, like the movie has like every bad freaking theme in it you Mm -hmm. could possibly imagine. Every stereotype, every... You people don't drink caffeine. But Blazing Saddles is your favorite movie? I don't understand this. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, what? Uh, it's like the Duggars coming in saying that Blazing Saddles is their favorite movie. It probably is. It probably is. Uh, oh, you know, I'm sex, drugs, rock and roll. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hands like, no, dang, conversation about no Duggars. <laughs> Do you remember that uh, movie, um, uh, Drop Dead Fred? Yes. Uh, A lot of people don't know it. Like, uh, what do you mean, know it? Where, I can't find anybody, like, after me. My time that, it, that really knows the movie. You, you know what? I probably, like, I don't think it ever really gained a huge following. Like, it was on TV a lot, I think, when we were kids more than anything. Well, see, I never, the, I didn't like that movie. You were right. No, though. I didn't either. I thought it was creepy yeah. as fuck. Yeah, it is creepy. Like it. it should be creepy because there's an adult that hangs up with a child the whole time. And, you know, convinces them that she, he's the, the alternate part of her mind, right? I guess that's the whole... Speaking of just maybe movies that might become a cult movie, have yeah. you seen uh, Birdman? I have seen oh, Birdman. Oh, yeah, it was pretty What did you think of it? Um, some aspects of it were great. Right. I, some aspects of it were great. I, it was neat seeing the one shot and, like, how much work the actors put into it um, because it was done in one take. And it is a movie, so, you know, it's different than being in theater and performing, you know, in some ways. But I don't know. I, maybe I just didn't identify with the characters. 
I don't, maybe that was my problem. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it wasn't my favorite. No, you know, and I heard such good things about it, yeah. so when I finally did watch it, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we could do a whole category you know? called Oscar Disappointments, where movies yeah. that you go, you know, they get such acclaim, and you're like, I don't fucking get it. Like, yeah. that was It was just one. not one of those things I was just like, oh, yeah, that was a great movie. Oh. You know, I was just like, yeah, I, I, thought it was I won't a, watch it I thought it actually again. it was a masterpiece. You really, really? liked it? Yeah. Yeah, you yeah I, I, can, I can see it being one of those things that goes down in history. Oh, it will because of how it was cut, but then we were yeah. watching... Not because of my opinion, but because I... Think <laughs> oh, no, right. everything that's your opinion is going to go down in I history. I think more people, more people will... Follow that movie yeah. later on. <laughs> yeah, I was um, critiquing, Jared was watching Into the Woods, um, the newer version, mm-hmm. and Emily Blunt is doing um, uh, the reprise of uh, Moments in the Woods after she has her encounter with the prince, and she, most of that is done in a one shot. And to me, that is more impressive in some ways, um, because... She, you know, I know she's singing and stuff, but, like, her emotion you get from her in that song, and I've never been a fan of The Baker's Wife, for those of you familiar with Into the Woods, I've never been a fan of The Baker's Wife, and I love Joanna Gleason, who made it famous on Broadway, but I think Emily Blunt is the one who actually stole that show. I think her performance is excellent, and I, I've, like, watching that scene, and then, like, I've watched all of Birdman, and, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I think Birdman was disjointed and in some ways, and I didn't like the plot line very much as, like, I didn't sympathize with any of the characters. Like, probably, I wanted to, and I just... because we want right. to understand until we're in that situation. Where, I mean, like, we but don't, n- we don't know anybody... None of us would be that's, in this. I would never we be don't in know anybody. No. We don't know anybody. I mean, we, we try to put ourselves in people's shoes all the time. Right. And and the whole story of Bird, Birdman is, is the dude being famous for his his main blockbuster it was, film. It was actually Michael Keaton basically playing Michael Keaton. Being, mm-hmm. being famous for his blockbuster film, which was like a, uh, uh, not X-Men, but like a like superhero. Bat- it was like, like Batman. A, yeah, like a Batman. Like a, for being famous for being for being Batman, and then all of a sudden going to stage because he felt like, well, you know. He I, didn't have anything else. That's all he was was Batman. I lo- exactly. He's only going to be Batman for the rest of his life. And uh, I'm so happy he's coming out for Beetlejuice, too. Mm-hmm. You heard about that? Yeah. Uh, no. What? He's yeah. gonna come back for Beetlejuice, I guess. Is really, it's Beetlejuice is another movie I really liked. Yeah. Oh, for another reminds me of childhood. Um, but then Edward Norton brings up a good point in the movie where he's like this other very famous actor, but he's so stubborn that he does everything his way while he's going into a guy's show that he wrote, which was Michael Keaton's show, and he just destroys the thing on stage. And everybody boos Edward Norton in the movie mm-hmm. because they were like, you know, this guy is just a dick for right. coming in and just ruining Michael Keaton's thing. But then Michael Keaton gets thrown off of his normalcy, which was uh, doing the show the same way over and over again. And he winds up getting locked out outside the theater and he has to walk from the, from the back door to the front door and he makes a new entrance on the stage during the most pinnacle part of the show. And uh, in the end, he... He does something bad that I can't say, but um, just taking a new perspective to what he was used to doing for so long got him to open his eyes and do his Batman too, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. It's 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 nice to see when you know actors push themselves and his outside daughter, the box. His and... daughter also is is the struggle because his daughter is the one who's telling him he's a worthless piece of shit and nobody likes him anymore. 
Right. And then after he does that different thing, all of a sudden he's getting tweeted, he's getting Facebooked, you know, mm-hmm. people are talking about him, and then the daughter winds up like, liking him a lot more. So but he's he, getting famous for the wrong reasons, or at least the reasons he didn't want to be famous fit, for. He's fitting in to change, is what the movie is trying to, I think... No, well, I don't think he really fit into change very well, he, though. He couldn't adapt to change before. He just wanted to accept art. And then the movie grasped that he was moving to what change was trying to bring him to. So he was doing what change was telling him to do, hmm. even though he tried to push so hard against it. Right. Well, like I said, I, I liked some of the artistic qualities to it when it comes to like movies. I just, it just wasn't like, I don't know, it didn't hit all the notes for me. Speaking of movies that don't <laughs> hit all the notes... Um, normally love Judd Apatow, wouldn't a fan forever. Did you see This Is 40? This mm-hmm. is 40. I think I did. That was with uh, oh, I've Paul, seen parts Paul of Red and Leslie Mann. Paul yeah. Red. Dude, we I'm... turned it off because oh, I could yeah. not sympathize with the characters at all. Like, I'm watching it going, I don't because even think that's you... funny. Because you're 30. Because I'm 30. <laughs> but it wasn't just that. It was just like, um, like at the beginning, Leslie Mann walks in on, on, uh, um, Paul Rudd like jerking off in the shower and she gets like horribly offended. Oh yeah, uh, yes yeah. I have like, seen that. Scene, really, yeah. you're forty and you can't get over the fact your husband masturbates. Like really, get over it. Time to get over it. And then like she got mad because he took Viagra. And I'm like, why are you pissed <laughs> off? Like I don't, I don't understand why you're mad. <laughs> Take care of that shit. <laughs> Take care of that shit. And you can't tell me at forty she's never had to grab the lube. I don't want to hear we, it. We've uh, we've probably more. Uh, um, <laughs> Related to that movie with Seth Rogen and, uh, um, God, what's her name? And where the neighbors, Zach Efron, and they're, oh, uh, the neighbors. neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> I thought neighbors is pretty That funny. was an awesome That's movie. That's pretty good movie. I think we can relate more to that. That's oh, funny. yes, to neighbors. Do we even go to, I think we, I don't even remember if we went to the theater for that one. No, God, no. Are you kidding me? When was the last time we went to a movie there? Two years ago, I think. <laughs> No, it was before that. I okay, a year and a half ago. I assume that you two, especially, I think we saw Indiana that. Jones yeah. with and the Crystal your, Skull with, with having your with having your little baby now. Yes. So, are there things that no one prepared you for in being a parent? You can't go into it, you know, no, thinking you know it all. You have to go into it blindly, like everybody, like all the other chums out there. You know, I don't know. You have to just jump into it. Was there it. anything that you went, why the fuck did no one tell me this? Every baby's going to be different, right? You know? That's that's just what you have to accept. This, the words words to the wise from Tim Karkowski. <laughs> wing it. You just got to wing it. <laughs> it's kind of how we do it. It's like, yeah, oh, she's supposed to be doing this? Okay. Night shift? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, it's just kind of how we're... Lost your job? Okay. Yeah, that's what we had. Well, this whole last year has been winging it. So, um, you know, yeah, I can't really think of anything. You know, honestly, no one really gave us that much of, you know, big things were like, oh, you're not going to sleep. Well, yeah, we knew that and whatever. And actually, we've been, a lot of the stuff, it was advice people gave me that they were completely wrong about. Everybody's um, different. You know, like our daughter starts sleeping through the night around two to three months, mm-hmm. like sleep like eight, nine hours. Yeah. And, and, you know, they're like, oh, well, be prepared. You know, they're not going to sleep the night for the first six months or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, no, nope, that didn't happen to me. Right. I had it a lot easier. <laughs> you if, know? If and, there's one thing I wish somebody told me in the beginning, which is uh, go into it with a positive attitude and knowing that in the end you're still going to be positive at all times, 
Um, I think that would have changed it. I kind of found that out throughout the middle of it somewhere, but I tried to like put all the weight on my shoulders at first. And I think um, that stressed me more out as a parent, new parent, first parent. Um, but yeah, I think for anybody out there that's venturing to have children, um, go into it positive and your, your, li- your life's going to be way easier throughout the whole process. So don't look at the bad things. Yeah, don't, don't focus too much on the bad things. You can't. Well, you know, it's easy not to focus on the bad things. There's always going to be bad things. Yeah, there's crappy stuff. Turn on the radio. Listen to what's going on. You know, and, you know, negative shit everywhere. We joke about not seeing a movie in a year and a half, you know, and I, you know, I don't really care. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get to spend, I, I, you know, at this point, I would rather spend the night with my daughter and Tim, you know. If she really did care, she would really let me know, and then we would go out and preach. Like, I haven't had Chinese in forever. Okay, we'll get Chinese, you know. Right. He's a good husband. <laughs> well, and you know, as, as they get older, you can start to do more things, obviously. And, you know, you can t- if you like to go to the movies, you can teach them to have the love of the movies. Uh, we took Mara to see The Avengers when it came out, which came out in, what, 2011? Right? Or t- whatever, whenever. T- mm-hmm. oh, Mara was little when we went to see The Avengers. Oh, yeah. And you know what, though? Not now, she was super excited to go see um, Ant-Man. We went to go see something before Ant-Man, like the Minion movie. And she was like, oh, are we going to see Ant-Man? And I'm like... You know, I think that, you know... I love you, child. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, even if they're real little, I mean, if it's it's your life, too. You need to go mm-hmm. do things. And you shouldn't just stay home every single day of your life just because you have a have a baby or have a child at home you know yeah she comes with us and, and it, yeah it might not be um, she might not be in bed in her crib at seven thirty every night no she might be out and about with us and you know that i think that's fine you yeah. know because she's gonna she's gonna have to be able to go out and be flexible and um you know we're the parents so you are. And I, you know i think <laughs> she can follow our schedule too you there's know? a lot of people that and I, I think I see a change coming back. I think 10 years ago, you saw a lot of people have traditional... We're going to go traditional families. Because I know a lot of kids that people that have kids that age that don't have the thing. But like 10, 15... Probably longer than that, 15 years or whatever. Where they would have a baby and that would become their world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be the only thing. And I think that's why you see... And maybe not even... Maybe it's not just that, but over the years even... That's part of why I think marriages fall apart. When you stop being people, you stop loving mm-hmm. one another, not loving one another, but, but making them each other a priority in your lives too. Like, and making your family, and not that your children can't be part of that, but so many people just go, it's all about the kid and that's it. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. It doesn't work. It doesn't that's not life. It's hard. It's you got to be able to juggle everything together. And, and I yeah. was um, at a funeral today for my aunt's um, father passed away. Really? Yes. He was 84 years young, awesome guy, one of the kindest people I've ever met. Just amazing, amazing guy. And the pastor was giving um, the message, and he was talking about, like, he taught, he'd he spent a lot of the last couple of years with the family. He'd had heart trouble and had medical issues over the past couple of years. He'd spent a lot of time with um, Sven and his wife, Edna. And one of the things he said was, when I talked to Edna about the relationship, the first thing she said was, we were best friends, first and foremost, and always. Mm. And it just like, oh my goodness, made oh, me yeah. tear up because, you know, these are people that have been married, you know, for fifty years, over fifty, and to say that they're my best friend, 
Mm-hmm. That he, we were best friends. How great is that? Okay. You know, you want to know what the key to a happy marriage is? Being each other's best friends, right. getting each other's back. Yep. And you know that 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 means not just, um, you know, being there for each other, but you know, making your family a priority too, including your children. And that was the thing. Family was always very important to them. Yes, they were together, but their kids weren't just an accessory or everything. They were somewhere in between. You know, mm-hmm. it was like there for the focus and then also there for each other. So it's a good balance. Yeah, absolutely. The key, the keys to happy marriage. Go talk to the people that have made it a long time. Um, and you know, what was cool about seeing those pictures because they had a slideshow going, they had some great pictures up there is like the pictures of them on their wedding day, which they got married in DeKalb, by the way. No way. Yeah. Of all, of all oh. the small world. Interesting. Um, now, uh, for those at home, Sven was born in Norway this was, I just think he has such a cool life, so I'm going to share with folks at home. Born in Norway, at 14 joined the Merchant Marines and traveled like all over the world before settling in Rockford where his sister lived um, and being sponsored in the United States. He joined the military here and fought in Korea. Holy shit. Right? Just like amazing life. Welcome to America. Now go to Korea. Well, no, what a great man. To, you know, he, he's not, you know, he was not born here no. and he still wanted to serve yeah. you know, for the United States. Absolutely. And I think that's just amazing. He'd it's been great. all over the world and done all kinds of great things and, um, to do all this stuff with the pictures of them and their wedding. And there were lots of them, the smiles on their face. Like, you know, you see, everyone looks happy, but I think we get so stressed now in our, our lives. Like, when we go to get married, like, our pictures yeah, look yeah. happy, but right. more than anything, we're last like, oh my God, it. it's finally fucking over. Right. As opposed to, like, these two, just, like, every picture, you could just radiate. Their whole faces were glowing and just yeah. super excited. And then, like, there was a picture of them probably from, you know, five, seven years back. And they're at a backyard party, and they're just dancing off in the background. Aww. Just, like, that. that's what relationships are about. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're three girls, they have three daughters, and they're all super close. So you know they did something right to be right. that close, you know? So. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Awesome guy. Yeah. Raise, raising a glass to him, and um, we've had some loss this week from some of our friends, so we're just letting you guys know our hearts are going out to you right now. <laughs> it's been a long, heavy week, I'm sure, for a lot of people, but yep. we take things as they go, as I bring it on to a somber, somber, sad note. <laughs> Yes. Well, you know, good people gone too soon. That's what happens. It's life. It is. It is life. Circle of life. That's Tim's grandma. He always said to me. Yes. His Bob, his Bob show. Yes. My grandma had just died, and she goes, well, you know, people die. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you know what? As, as, as harsh as that might sound, I'm like... She's so fucking right. She is. <laughs> no one, no one lives forever. Nobody that does. Is a, that dying is just as much of a, a part of life as anything else. Oh, totally. Um, so it, it makes sense. Except is what she exactly kind of comes across. Exactly. You get one life, one life, and you got to live it. That's one thing that we've been talking a lot. Is I've been doing the podcast and things like that. I'm, I'm thinking about starting a blog to start writing down all of the things that, you know, we learn throughout, throughout life and stuff like that. And you get one life. And I think when you hear people that are miserable and unhappy and, and focused on all of the things and how it's everyone else's fault and stuff like that, the truth of the matter is you get one life and you have one option 
or not one option, but when you're faced with options, it's like you can either choose to be happy or mm. choose to be miserable. I think people think happiness is is, is a card or hand you're dealt, mm. or, you know, hand of cards you're dealt, and that's not the case. It's how you play them that depends yeah. on how your life's going to turn mm-hmm. out. So, attitudes everything. Because your grandma, speaking of awesome people. She'd gone through some rough stuff throughout the years, and, you know... Yeah. She had a pretty awesome, interesting life, too. Yeah, absolutely. That was another obituary that I was reading, going, why is there not a novel of this? (laughs) (laughs) She had a lot of stuff. I don't know how she did it. Yeah. And I think about my life, and I'm like, I I don't know what I would do if I went through all that shit and still come out a nice, good person. She was born in, what, 1916? Yes. Uh, And I went to college. She went to college, but when she was born, her mother had passed away... About a year and a half later, mm-hmm. with and she was pregnant. She died. She died in childbirth. So did her sister. Right. So she lost those two family members. She went to live with her father and stepmother. Then at that point, um, who were abusive. Mm. So then she went to live with her grandmother, my great, yeah, be my great great grandmother. Um, was raised by her. Um, so whenever my grandma talked about like her mother or her sisters, Mm -hmm. they're actually her aunts and her grandmother. So it gets confusing in our family and Mm -hmm. they were German. So Schwesti, they call her my, my, this is Schwesti. It actually means, it means uh, sister in Mm -hmm. in German. So, um, or maybe it means aunt. I don't know. (laughs) It was called Schwesti. (laughs) Sounds like a sweaty chest. <laughs> I, I think it means, I think it's probably what it means. <laughs> it means it's some. It means it's like some sort of family member. It's term uh, of endearment of some yeah, sort. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, then she. Yeah, then she. Well, she lost then my grandfather when mm-hmm. my mother was like ten or eleven years old. So really right. young. They were only married. How many like years? Twelve years. That's it, right? Yeah, I remember that. So yeah. never married again. And then yeah, she never married again. She says she. How she, many years? Uh, she probably. Probably another 60 years or so. Yeah. Yeah. He died, he died in the 60s. So. cases. And when your mom, when your mom was little, right? Little. She was like 10 or 11 years old. Yeah. Yeah. And then she had breast cancer. She had, um, you know, just all this, you know, just crap hitting her. And yet she still is just like, you know, life's good. Well, cause, um, she got, she would have got, not only did she go to college, which was rare. Yeah. She went to college, which was rare. She got married late. For her, yeah, for, she for was the time late thirties. Yeah. Late thirties, and then she had your mom. It, she, my, she was like forties when yeah. she had your when mom. My mother, so, so like in the nineteen fifties. In the nineteen fifties, <laughs> early nineteen yeah. fifties. Like, yeah. You have to put it into context. Nineteen fifty, everyone got you know people got married. You know, twenty two at like the latest. She should have been married twenty some years before she actually got married. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At, at the point she was having having babies. At, well, yeah. When everybody else was having babies, my my grandmother was going to college. She right. was already. Um, she was, uh, she was the main shareholder at, um, several banks and, uh, she was a businesswoman. Yeah. And, and then she married my grandfather who then had another, he had, he was Swiss and he made cheese. Right. <laughs> Tip. <laughs> yes. Hey. Makes sense, right? Yeah. You know, he's Swiss and he makes cheese. He was he's a Swiss, Swiss cheese maker. Cheese. Um, and so they had that business as well that she helped run and, and so, so on and so forth. And she actually, after he passed, he, she did run that and she ended up selling it, um, mm-hmm. eventually, but she ran it for a little bit after he passed too. So, you know, mean ass organ yeah. player, <laughs> mean ass piano player. One of my favorite stories ever of, of Gra- grandma Z as they called her fondly. 
um, short for Grandma Zimmerman, but <laughs> my favorite story, she played the organ for the church or the piano, whatever it was. I don't remember. She yeah, played some piano. sort of, she played some sort of keyboarded instrument. It was the organ. It was, yeah. organ. Yeah. It was the organ there. And one year at Christmas, it was deep. not just one year. It was every year. <laughs> <laughs> one year in particular, because we were there. And we got to the end, and we got to Silent Night, and we sang Silent Night at record fucking pace. <laughs> you know, normally Silent Night's like, Silent Night. No, this Silent Night, Holy Night, all is called, all is called. We're like, flying through that thing. And we're like, oh my god, what is with Grandma? And, and Anne goes, there's a roast in the oven. <laughs> okay, well, no, no, speaking of church and her playing fast. Um, there's several Sundays, yes. She would play the last hymn, like every hymn, super fast. And you're, I mean, you're, you were trying to keep up, keep up with her, how fast she was playing. And so finally somebody asked her, why are you playing these, these hymnals so fast? My grandma goes, well, because the Cubs games are going to start and I want to make sure I get home in time to see them. Right. She's a diehard Cub fan her entire life. She, she, she named the, she named the whole roster. Of the Cubs. She knew more about the Cubs than last, anybody. Uh, yeah. Her last two years, anyway. she can tell. Yeah, she can tell me. She can tell me exactly who was on the entire team in exactly. the last two years. I bet she yeah. could. No, well, but, I think it didn't help too because they combined um, Lena, which was the main church, but then Winslow and McConnell had little churches too. And because yeah. we all went to school together, the same school district, they started splitting the time with a pastor and associate pastor between those three churches. Dude, your dog is horrible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Who fed him Casey's I'm like, pizza? I, I don't know if it's smelling that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is awful. Like, I'm trying not Who to choke. fed him? Who, what did he eat? Did Jared come in? Oh, I don't say Jared here. <laughs> oh, Jared has a distinct smell. And that does not get oh, no, Jared. Oh, my gosh. That is an actual dog. Um, for you, cool. I would wish you could have smell a vision, but I don't because oh my god, we're all looking. Like for the last like half hour, we were looking at each other. Like I've been pointing at you. Who did it? Here's the dog the sitting at the, the table. table, just ripping ass. <laughs> he walks around. He cropped us in everywhere. Oh, oh. oh anyways, anyway, I'm glad you chose the elf in the church. <laughs> The um, church service for Winslow was at 11, so, like, McConnell was 8 or 9, and Winslow was 11, and then, like, Lino's main service was at 10.30 or something. They staggered them. Well, so if you have an hour-long service at 11 o'clock, and the Cubs, you know, first pitch is noon... Not happening. Y'all better get your ass in gear. Luckily, my dad was pretty short, like, on some things. Right. (laughs) There were other times, though, where, like, um, Communion Sunday... Where it takes a little bit longer, or sometimes there's a baptism on Communion Sunday, and you're just fucked. Yeah. It probably wasn't a baptism at Winslow because everyone at that church was 87. <laughs> <or not. laughs> They're long, long gone, long oh. past the baptism age. No, no, nobody was uh, birthing any babies at that church. <laughs> I wonder if they story. planned around the Cubs game just for your grandma. Um, <laughs> probably not. She was really upset him when she found out you were a Sox fan, by the way. I know. She also made fun of my feet. She did. She thought you had girl feet. <laughs> <laughs> you have such girly feet. Your feet are so slender and long. Not like my grandkids. <laughs> They're all stubby and flat. We do. We have, uh, yeah, we do. You're right. Uh, but you have, you have feminine feet. I have healthy feet. <laughs> no, they're Leave not. me alone. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I got a pedicure Too once. funny. <laughs> One time, and then you ruin it in a day. <laughs> How can you ruin a pedicure? He stubbed his toe in the worst way possible. Oh, blood yeah. everywhere. Yeah, That's that, how you ruin a pedicure. There's blood everywhere. 
know. You enjoyed it. You just want a minute. I took a picture of it. Okay. <laughs> Creepy. <laughs> <laughs> You're a little bit special, Tim. Yeah. But, but that's why we keep you. Uh, At least I'm guessing that's what I'm not sure quite yet. <laughs> you don't know why we keep them. You're stuck. You're <laughs> stuck, stuck with me. With you. We're stuck. We're stuck. Yeah. You, me, baby. Mm-hmm. You're stuck like yep. that. No. 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 Sugarland. Nope. 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 That sounds okay. <laughs> that's funny. You know, like one of our things, like why we've always been such close friends, is um, Tim. You were one of my pledge siblings, correct? That's right. That's... I was. A, I was the youngest guy in the crowd. You were. You were a baby. You're still the baby. What made you decide to pledge? Because we were friends, but you didn't pledge. But like I picked up Jeremy and Kate on the way to there's, pledging. There was a lot of there's a lot of first, thing, first things going on for me for college. A lot of people don't know this, but I was the first one to actually go to a university and graduate um, at a university in my family, and I got four of the siblings and myself. So for me, just doing anything and everything to be a part of something that was new was kind of like my motivation for college. I would say, looking back at to it now, uh, and, and of course I'm very happy with the experiences I've had. So, mm-hmm. um, at the time when I was new to college, I would just, I would open arms to anything that was coming my way. I did yeah. the Koinonia trips. I did, you know, uh, any other events that were going on at school just to involve myself. And then I realized it brought out the best in me. So, mm-hmm. so that's why you decided to join Sigma Delta? Yeah. Because it was an option? It was something that I thought nobody in my family would ever do, yeah. I think. Um, and it's, it's just like just like marriage, you know. It's like <coughs> something you jump into because you're taking that risk because you, you know people are telling you happy stories mm-hmm. about it, you know. And you're like, oh, well, I can, you know, I can make the best of that. I think I can do that. You know, so, well, you see, marriage is like a risk, <laughs> kind of like you know. I think everything. This investment I'm going to make. Having kids is a risk. Everything's a risk if you think well, about yeah, it. Yeah, but I mean, but I mean, like, depending on whether or not you're open and positive when you go into it, I think will make the difference. Yeah. See, I I should have you at some point. I'm going to throw out one of my favorite books, and I'm going to talk to my good friend Carly Ann and make her come record with me. And I think we have to do a "How Full Is Your Bucket" episode. Which is oh, one of my favorite books. Do you know what that book is? I uh, I could, uh, just from the title, I can kind of guess, I guess. Right. And I know I've talked about it before, so I won't go into it today, but the, the idea of thinking positive through, through life. So where other people go, man, there's a lot of failed marriage rates and everything else. You went, well, you know, just because other people have failed doesn't mean I'm going to. And... Where like some of uh, other some of us uh, Anne's family, my family, Jerry's family, where we have parents that have been together forever and and are married to their other person, you mm-hmm. know, to their best friends. To we we come at it from a very positive light in the aspect that we have good ex- we have very good examples. We have people that have, have been together and have gone through that. And your parents were divorced mm-hmm. pretty young. That was nine. Yeah, and it's not not that they weren't a good example as people, but like you didn't see a marriage last for a very long time like we did. Oh yeah, I was I grew up to negative all the time, and uh, for me, I realized as I got older, as actually actually once I started college, after the party phase, mm-hmm. you know, I realized that I was spending too much time in the negative, and I had to go positive in order to get out of that slump that I was living in with, I would say, 
family, and uh, it comes out when when you have a family situation like that at such a young age, it'll come out onto your friendships. So it fixed my friendships. Mm -hmm. I I decided to start over with everybody that I had started school with and just have a good time with them, bring out the best in them, have the good time with everybody. And, you know, I, I think that college really, the early years of college, which are on videotape somewhere in my basement, <laughs> uh, brought out the best in those times in me. Yeah. So. And I would what, really like to see those videos. And what a good tie back to what we talked about earlier with, you know, life hands you, uh, you know, deals you a hand of cards and how you play them and mm-hmm. how you handle it is up to you because, you know, you grew up in the same circumstances as your brothers and your sister and, you know, you had some negative aspects growing up, but to be able to come through everything and be like, I'm going to make the best of it. I'm going oh, to yeah. change. I'm going to find the good in life. How amazing is that? Oh, it feels so good. Right? Such an, an inspiration to us all. I've, I've almost made it through a whole episode without crying, and now you're getting me all, like, teared up to God damn it. I get, like, I, I'm the one who got, I'm the one who got, like, the, the two of hearts and the three of diamonds in his Texas Oldham hand. And right. I, and I wound up actually getting a straight or something out of it. But so. I think what really helped you is that you got yourself involved in things, mm-hmm. and yeah. you, you put yourself out there to be, you know, a part of, like... A part of groups and societies and, and uh, oh, you, know, yeah. you, you know, you made efforts to make relationships with people. Mm-hmm. You relationships know. are risks. Yeah. Oh, I have a good story. And uh, this one actually takes me to heart every now and then. I have to reflect upon this story that happened to me before I went to college. Um, I don't know. I don't tell this story oftenly to many people. But um, when I was in my senior year of high school, I did a show called Anything Goes. It was my senior, my last show, my spring musical in college, which is at the All Girls, in college, in high school, at the All Girls uh, campus, which was across the street from St. Joe's, which was the Catholic school, all boys Catholic school I went to. And uh, I'd done three other musicals there. This is my last show before I graduated. And my grandpa passed away literally the weekend before, the week before opening night weekend. My grandpa passed, passed away. And I remember my mom, my brother, Danny, and uh, my other brother and my sister in the car pulling up to rehearsal the Thursday before Friday opening night. They pulled up and they said, Tim, we're going to Grandpa's funeral. Are you going? I mean, put yourself in that situation. You spent months focusing on a show with so many other people that probably never even done theater before in their lives you bonded you you, you uh invested so much there's no understudies it's catholic right. school they, they don't there's no understudies at most high schools maybe not i yeah. you know i actually yeah. i find more often now today that there's more understudies it's just weird the way yeah. it is now with theater I, th- I think you know society has kind of changed right uh, thankfully thankfully um but at the time they're all rel- if i would have left to go to my own if i was selfish enough to leave what I was doing at the time, I would have risked the entire thing everybody had risked to do something that they had never done before. And I would have just let so many people down. And to me, that was kind of like the moment where I had to really not think about myself for the first time. And I think I got that acceptance from my grandfather that 
opening night, we we did our show, and and uh, the cast members came came to me backstage, and they're like, you know, Tim, we can't thank you enough for being here. I mean, you have you have the funeral to go to, you had all this stuff with your family to do, and uh, I stayed. You know, that's that's big. So, did you end up? Did you go at all? I didn't. I, I missed oh. my grandpa's funeral. Oh. Well, hmm. yeah. There's two things to that, and the first one is the funer- funerals aren't for the dead; they're for the living. Yeah, they are. Um, as much as That's we want to say it's respectful and all these other things, it's for the living. It's not um, for the person that's passed because the person's past is past. Yeah, they're not. There. Um, they, you know, regardless of what you think of the afterlife, they're gone. Funerals are for the people left behind to say goodbye. But people say goodbye in their own way, and damn it, I told you I wasn't going to cry. Anyways, um, my cousin Katie, who's one of my best, favorite cousins, I texted her. She lives in Arkansas now with her husband, Bo, and I said, um, I, I texted her to, you know, see how she was doing, because they were so close to their grandpa, and I said, um, I said, are you coming back for the funeral? She goes, you know what, I, she goes, I just got home, actually. She spent the last four days up here with him before he passed, and it's, and you know what? That's the important thing. What do you think? He, do you think he'd rather that he saw his granddaughter the last four days of right. his life, or that she came to his funeral that he wasn't at? You know, right? And that that thought, the the whole process um, of of thinking of what Grandpa would have wanted better for me at the time, <laughs> as baby wakes up, Kinsley joins the party. <laughs> I uh, I remember I remember opening night that we had. Uh, the first moment of me stepping off stage before the opening number, it was rain. It was April. It was the spring, you know, musical. Mm-hmm. Uh, I stepped outside because I had that, you know, five-minute break before I had to get back on stage again. And, you know, the whole time in my head I'm thinking, don't forget your lines, don't forget your lines because, you know, you don't want to mess anything up while you're here. Um, and every, everybody's supportive. You know, I got, I got the director supporting me. I got the cast supporting me on the side. You know, I was staying with with other cast members mm-hmm. for that entire time. Uh, they opened their houses to me so I could stay there while my family went out of town to go to the funeral because uh, I, I, they wouldn't give me the keys of the house at the time. They knew <laughs> I was a party kid. So. <laughs> um, but I remember stepping outside, and during the storms of the, the rainy season, there was this parting in the clouds while I was backstage and just looking up, and I could see the stars between the clouds, and I knew that. That right there was Grandpa. You know, that was him telling me that it's okay. You know, things things were okay, even though you can't make it. So, I mean, whether or not that makes me a religious man is up to interpretation. But um, there's got to be something greater out there. There's got to be something that that. You should me. ask Matt. We should ask Matt. <laughs> we could. Where are, where are our grandparents and the there people of the past? And, and even today, I still get those signs. Like, I... Uh, I worked at O'Hare Report. I spent a lot of time outside, too. I've had moments where I was very down, and I've looked up to the stars, and I've looked up, and I've talked to him, you know, then, and things seemed to get better. I did the same thing with my current job when I thought that things were going to be hell through it, and now, thankfully, everything is great, but, you know, every now and then, you just got to look up at the stars and say, you know, get me through this, mm-hmm. and I think some something's listening. Absolutely. And, you know, the way that you did that by, you know, you found your your way. Like, you know, honestly, in some ways, Tim, that might have been, like, 
you know, where, where you might have thought it was college, maybe that was really more your turning point where you went, you know, you like people, you're a people person. And rather than turning to grief and sorrow, you turn to friendship and helping others. And mm-hmm. I think that's very much your core personality. And, you know, w- words to live by, too, on how yeah. how you operate and the fact that you are optimistic and you try and find the good and you decide, you know, yeah, the situation is shitty. For what you two went with, went through having a baby, the fact that you guys aren't like, fuck you bitches all the time <laughs> is very impressive because... You know, how many people go through the shit that you went through right after you had a baby? Yeah. You know, you guys went through a lot. And to be able to be like, you know what, we're, we're happy and, you know, we're making it work, it's, it's really impressive. And there's a lot to be said for that. Life is what you make of it, and you guys have done an awesome job. Oh, so. thank you. Always find the positive. And, and I, I, had, I did have a negative moment after I lost my job. Yeah. Um, oh, I had a negative moment. You're, you're <laughs> your former boss was going to have a negative but, moment uh, but, if I ever saw him. <laughs> I, th- I think it got easier as as other friends helped out. I, I actually worked for another close friend of ours, uh, Pat Wilder. Um, he opened his doors for me and let me uh, work for him for a little bit. And while that time, while I had that time to to do the manual labor that I did, uh, which I'm very good at doing, we wound up. Um, making a, a business for him and then myself he was able to pay me the difference of what I was losing so at the time it was like I'd never even had never had even had lost my job so things had gone perfectly fine it's, it was like nothing so ever you happened. know you're seeing the benefits of making good relationships with with the people that you, you've you know made an effort to make friends with yes you know yeah. and it's come back to you to us at least to help us you know and help you um you know, in times that you need it. Well, you and, know? That, and that's what friendship yeah. is. Exactly. You know, there are people out there that, and you know, I'm, I am going to say Pat is one of those people too. You know what I'm saying? He will give you the shirt off his back if you need it. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Um, you know, absolutely. And there are just good people out there and you, you fall in that category too of people that are going to put themselves out there and you get out of friendship, what you put into it and people forget that. And People take for granted that because you've been friends forever or whatever that, you know, that's all it takes. And that's not what it takes. It's things like remembering to text and call or to spend time, you know, like I, I'm going to use the uh, the Methodist slogan here. <laughs> to be a member of the Methodist church, you have to participate by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, or your service. Mm-hmm. That's what friendship's all about. Mm-hmm. You, oh, know? Yeah. you know, you have to give of your time, your energy, something you have to participate in it somehow and you know because of that because you are a participant in so many of your friends lives that's why they are there for you that's why Methodist was so easy yeah right (laughs) told you (laughs) we've got got some good things going for us you know as much as I I've I've fallen away in the past few years there are some things at the core of it that have always really spoken to me and that idea that you can love the sinner not the sin Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. that you need to accept people for who they are and you know it's hard not to be judgy I (laughs) trust me I know Mm -hmm. Um, Uh but at that same time you know you get it you get what you give Mm -hmm. and that's and you know I I just go by the philosophy you know I I treat people the way I want to be treated yes and I yeah, and you never I start too young. If you think, yeah, if you think that way, 
you're going to be treating a lot of people very nicely. Yeah. I tell my kids that <laughs> all the time. Do like, good things. And like, when they just, like they talk about making fun of kids, like you know, they were making fun of some kid at school, and I'm like, don't do it. Don't be that kid that joins the bandwagon to fit in, because the people that are doing that aren't the people you want to hang out with in the long run. Nope. You know. Nope. Start them young. <laughs> <laughs> that probably came out wrong. <laughs> oh, Lordy. All right. Well, before we get to become too long, I want to thank you guys all so much for um, staying up super late with me. It's really late um, in recording this week. And Tim, welcome. Welcome to the family. You are now um, going to be out on the interwebs for all time. I've always wanted to be on the veg dialogues. <laughs> don't sound so excited. Oh, goodness. Uh, don't forget to listen to all of the other great shows out there in the Disease Network. The flagship show, You're Going to Get a Disease, Something Gate, Um That Just Happened, Das Drunks, and our new show, uh, Backslash We Rule, which I think will hopefully be posted sometime soon. We're excited for that. Um, you can contact us um, via disease network has VD at uh, gmail.com or askmamaclaire at gmail.com. Of course, if you were following me on Facebook or Twitter, you would be able to have access to those email addresses as they are spelled, as I've been told I need to spell them to people. So Claire has no I and Mama has one M. So there's that. Uh, and other than that, thank you guys again, and um, remember, wrap it in foil before you check her oil. <laughs> Thanks, folks. <laughs> <laughs>